We got a new look at Ahsoka in a new trailer, and we are now in the middle act of Marvel's Secret Invasion. This and more in today's episode of Geekville Radio. Geekville Radio. We are no Jedi. Hello once again. Ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekettes, this is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, Mayor Geekville, and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with issue or number 338 of Geekville Radio. You can find the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 338. That will link to not only the show notes, but some of the visuals that we'll be talking about, since we are talking about a movie trailer and a TV episode, or two TV episodes, actually. There will be some visual aid in those links there that will probably help, especially when talking about the Ahsoka trailer. So that's what we're looking at first. Ahsoka, Lucasfilm, Disney, they dropped a new trailer, which is I would assume would probably be the final trailer for the latest Star Wars series, Ahsoka. This is, of course, also developed by Dave Filoni and is an extension of the Mandalorian that he worked with Jon Favreau on. It's Ahsoka front and center for the first time. All the other times she's been around, she's been a supporting character. From Clone Wars to being a recurring character in Rebels. And we saw her in live action, I think, twice. Uh, once in the second season of Mandalorian and once during the Book of Boba Fett. So here she is uh, taking center stage. This gave us a few more plot details than the first trailer. We'll concentrate more on the new stuff, but I think kind of by nature we'll, we will have to go back and try to piece together what we're seeing between these two trailers. We start off seeing what looks like it might be an, an Imperial shuttle, maybe a modified version of the Imperial shuttle that we saw in Return of the Jedi. It's going towards a Republic transport, one of those things that kind of looks like a used bar of soap, that kind of that aerodynamics. And we do hear Balin Skull, played by the late, great Ray Stevenson, state that war is inevitable. And we do see a montage of Balin and his apprentice, Shin. They have orange lightsabers. And before I'm going to say anything else, it's clear, they even say it in this trailer, actually, that Balin and Shin are not Jedi. I don't think they're Sith because the Sith aren't around at this point. Because if they were, it would defeat the whole point of the first six movies. I don't need to get into that, but suffice to say, if Anakin is the chosen one, which is what it was set up to be, then the Sith should be destroyed. Of course, they come back in the sequel trilogy, but we're not there yet. Lightsaber color, yes, it's orange, uh, but I honestly think lightsaber colors are meaningless. I think actually Ray may have had one at the end of the one she made out of her staff, but it should become clear now to anybody that's watched Star Wars or read EU novels, the old ones, the newer stuff, there are multiple ways to use the Force. The Jedi just have their own way of using it, and the Sith have their way of using it. It is very possible to be a Force user and not be a Jedi or a Sith. Even using the sequel trilogy, which is as canon as you can get, Luke even says, you know, to try to think there's only one way to use the, the Force is, is vanity. I forget the exact quote, but that's something I absolutely agree with when it comes to sequel trilogy. 
Um, we do have the obligatory lightsaber impalement. It looks like Balin impales somebody that's on that rebel transport. But given the effectiveness of lightsaber impaling, it looks like he'll probably be fine by the next episode. It seems like the only people that die from being impaled by lightsabers is Qui-Gon Jinn and Han Solo. So maybe, maybe not. I'm being facetious there, of course. But we got glimpses of Hera flying a ghost. We got Chopper. I think that's just expanded upon from scenes we saw in the first trailer. And we do see Sabine looking to be taking a speeder for a joyride through the streets of Lothal. Honestly, I had flashbacks to Tom Cruise in the original Top Gun, zipping in and out. I practically just wanted to start blaring Danger Zone when I saw that clip. And we do have an Easter egg, at least I think it's an Easter egg. We got an astromech droid, whether it's an R2 or an R1 or whatever, but it's based off some of the concept art that I think would have been used for R2-D2, and it really actually looks like the original action figures. If you go back to the action figures, the, the original line back in 78 or whenever they came out, if you look at R2, especially the two-legged version, that looked a lot like this droid. And I don't think it's connected at all to R2. I'm just simply thinking that that's for the people who were insanely into collecting the old action figures that look to be a modern take on that 45-year-old action figure. And we do see Sabine cutting her hair with a knife. Uh, looks like she's going back to the pixie cut look she had during Rebels. And we also hear Soka talking about how she left Anakin the same way she left Sabine. So it definitely seems like Ahsoka is going to have to do some convincing to get Sabine to come with her. We also see the hollow vid of Ezra that she's watching, and I believe that is actually shown in one of the last episodes of The Rebels after Ezra disappears. But we also see Sabine using a green lightsaber. I don't know if she made it, she found it, whatever. That'll probably be explained in some capacity. And we even hear her refer to Ahsoka as master, even if it's kind of a little bit in a mocking sense. But it's very possible that Ahsoka did actually try to train Sabine. And she might have learned something from Ezra before Ezra disappeared. And we see more footage of Balin and Ahsoka dueling in what really looks to be the world within worlds. And that, because that, that has, I think it's a whole episode of Rebels devoted to it. It might have even been more than one. And it might be one of the links to finding out where Ezra is, quite frankly. That could be a gateway where you get into the world within worlds. And maybe that's one of the ways they find Ezra. I, I we also noticed we see what looks like the, the Pergil, the space whales or star whales or whatever you want to call them. We see some ships flying at them. It's a pretty safe bet they're going to be featured rather prominently in this because not only were they how Ezra and Thrawn disappeared in Rebels, we did catch a glimpse of them in Season 3 of Mandalorian when Grogu was looking through hyperspace from Din spaceship. So it's probably going to be some mixture of the whales, world within worlds, finding some sort of hyperspace path. Maybe they're able to piggyback with the whales, much like the Ezra did. And I think that's all going to gonna come together. It's, it's probably Balin and Shin are trying to find Thrawn. 
And the heroes are also trying to find Thrawn, probably because they figure wherever Thrawn went, that's where they'll find Ezra. And that just you know, makes sense because that was when we last saw them. Thrawn and Ezra were to, together. And finally, we do get a montage of action scenes. We see Ahsoka's ship. We see explosions on a city that looks like it's on Lothal, the main setting for Rebels. And we see some lightsaber combat in a forest. And it really looks like this may be the area that we first saw Ahsoka in live action in that second season of Mandalorian. It's the same episode that introduced us to Morgan Elsbeth. And we know that Diana Lee Insando is reprising the role. So it would make sense. Maybe they would need to go back there for some reason. Maybe this big connection to the world between worlds is, is in there. Might also might explain why Ahsoka was in there in the first place, going back to Mandalorian. And there are the theories that maybe Balin Skull is somehow connected to Jorosa both, because we are getting heir to the Empire hints at this. Even when we see Thrawn full on in this, we finally see a picture of Thrawn's face, Lars Mikkelsen. We, we might see Jorosa both. Maybe Balin was an app apprentice to Jorosa both. We don't know. But... One of the things I really like that we see in here is we see what looks very much like another Inquisitor. And we did see Inquisitors in Rebels. We saw Inquisitors in Obi-Wan Kenobi, really in like the, the years before A New Hope, the original film. This is sometime after Return of the Jedi, so it would be interesting to see if Inquisitors are around, where are they coming from? Because there's no Emperor and no Vader to train them. Maybe there's some rough clone of the Emperor running around, but it looks very much like we could have more Inquisitors, which again, they're not Sith, they're not Jedi, they have their own ways using the Force, and I really like their little spinning helicopter blade lightsaber. That's always going to be cool to me. But we definitely did get a better look at the villains this time around. It seemed the first trailer was more about the heroes. This looks to be more about the villains. We do see the Pergil, the Star Whales. That's no surprise. Uh, it will be interesting to see how fans react to this because this looks very much like it is a direct sequel to Star Wars Rebels, which was an animated series. And I loved Rebels, but I can understand why people wouldn't be interested in it, whether it's fair or not. A lot of people just write off animation as being something for kids. And there is a lot of animation for kids, but just because something's animated doesn't mean it's for kids. You know, case in point, anime. Even some feature animated films, they might be family friendly, but they're certainly not made for kids. But we'll see it all come together. We'll see how Thrawn takes to live action when Ahsoka premieres on Disney Plus this August. We're going to take a quick break and we'll do a jump from Star Wars into the MCU, and we're going to talk about a couple episodes of Secret Invasion. This is Geekville Radio, and we will be right back. Hello, this is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville, and the host of Geekville Radio, and I'm happy to announce the latest edition to the Geekville Radio podcast channels. 
We do have Geekville Radio, which covers all aspects of geekery. TVs, movies, superheroes, science fiction, you name it. We have Examining the Doctor, which is our Doctor Who-themed podcast. And we have Examining the Dead, which is our horror-themed podcast. Well, the latest addition to those Geekly Radio channels is called the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. And I know some people may say that Lesser Known and Hall of Fame may be an oxymoron, and that is, quite frankly, true. But here at Geekly Radio... We like to pay tribute to some of the lesser-known characters out there. We're not going to talk much about Superman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or any of the other A-listers. We're going to talk about characters that might not be the first names that roll off your tongue when it comes to characters, both heroes and villains, but characters who the story of heroes and villains might not be complete without. And fortunately, I don't have to do it alone. Joining me on this journey, and we will have other guests along the way, my usual co-host for Geekful Radio, from a soft padded cell in South Kakalaki, Crazy Train Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we're going to go back in the annals of history and pull out some of those lesser-known geek heroes and villains. Some of the people you might not have heard of or only know a little bit about, some that are near and dear to our heart, and some that we don't know that much, so we're going to enjoy just doing the research ourselves. Dropping soon, we're going to start with our inaugural podcast on one of my all-time favorite characters, The Shadow. That's the kind of things you'll be looking at on the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. Once again, that is the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, the latest channel at Geekville Radio, available at geekvilleradio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcasting device of your choice. Yeah, Bob. You remember Bob, the guy that's going to launch a nuclear attack? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. No, that's because you were too busy riding the We Did That wave. You got any more abuse you want to hurl my way? Are you ready to go in here and take care of Bob? All righty, we are back talking Secret Invasion, the Nick Fury series. Long-awaited Nick Fury series, at least for me. It's long-awaited to me. Nick Fury's center stage in Secret Invasion. I missed doing an episode last week. So we're going to double up, cover episodes three and four this time around. The episodes are called Betrayed and Beloved, respectively. And really, especially with episode three, this was more like it. This is more of what I was hoping for the show to be. This was much more of a spy thriller action. We got witty banter, a few plot twists. We got a little bit more on Fury Scroll wife. Her given name is Vera. We also got the confirmation of what I speculated on last week or last episode that really shouldn't be any surprise that Gravik is indeed creating a Super Scroll serum that will make Super Scrolls. It also does look like Gaia's questioning her loyalty, whether she's with Gravik or whether she wants to return to the ways of what her father was doing. And we really saw a bit, I think, of what makes Talos tick in these episodes. He met Gravik in an attempt to parlay their differences. But, of course, Gravik's henchmen, we, we saw this clip in the trailer where he suddenly has a bunch of scrolls impersonating him at once. But we also know that Gaia is kind of double-crossing Gravik, because she is funneling information to Talos. The witty banter, when Talos and Fury were 
trying to get to Commodore Fairbanks' his headquarters, they bicker like an old married couple. And it was kind of funny seeing them switch from odd couple to action hero mode when they arrive because they know the entire area is going to be guarded by scrolls. So they instantly go from comedy to serious. But the stinger we got at the end of the episode was the graphic apparently shot and killed Gaia. It's easy for me to say that, that I didn't believe for a second that Gaia is dead because episode four, it was then shown that she did indeed get into the super scroll machine and now she is a super scroll. And one prediction that I definitely have gotten right is that Rhodes is indeed a scroll, which would explain the animosity towards Fury. My hunch is also that Fury is suspecting that Rhodes is a scroll, but doesn't want to try to go full on exposing him because he just doesn't have the manpower or the backup or whatever to to be able to fight a whole bunch of super scrolls. The big scene in episode four here, really, there's two of them, I think. This is another one of the things that I don't get about the writing in this show for you know, the whole thing of Fury having a wife. So he's had he's been married for 20 years now, and he never asked this question. Seriously, he never asked why she adopted the name in the face Priscilla. But she does explain she took on the identity and basically lived out Priscilla's life. But she also promised not to harm Fury. But yet, here is Rhodes telling her to kill him. They both kind of do the Mexican standoff thing. They both pull their guns. They both intentionally miss. And that's enough for Fury to believe that she's not actually going to kill him. He sneaks into Rhodes' office to confront him. That's when Rhodes reveals that he has the footage of Gravik impersonating Fury, killing Maria Hill. And even though they both know that that's Gravik and that's not actually Fury, it's like, good luck trying to tell somebody that there's an alien disguised as a one-eyed, middle-aged black dude out there. You know, nobody would believe that, even in the comic book world. But that brings us to the climax of this episode, which is the Skrulls probably doing their most daring thing yet, and that's attacking the president's motorcade. The scrolls were disguised as Russian soldiers. Fury and Talos came to the rescue. Talos is shot. While Fury is getting the president's safety, Gravik grabs the wounded Talos. Fury shoots Gravik, but of course, Gravik is now a super scroll, shrugs off the bullets, stabs Talos to the heart, leaves him to die. So Fury is forced to retreat. In other words, it's the age-old... You can stop me or you can save your friend. You don't have both. And now we got the question of, is this character really dead? They seem to be asking that question at the end of every episode. You know, is Talos really dead? How long has Rhodes been a Skrull? And wouldn't Gaia have known that Rhodes was abducted or replaced? But this was another good episode. This had that spy thriller feel to it. We got plenty of action this time around. Another obligatory death of a key character. And we'll see. we got two episodes left. We'll see if they can wrap it all up in a satisfactory way. That's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Geekville Radio, episode number 338 in your hymnals. Once again, you can look up the show notes, Geekville Radio slash 338. You'll see some of the visuals that I'm talking about, like the R2-D2 that looks like a action figure. And this, is, this has been Geekville Radio. If this is your first time hearing us, first off, welcome. Hope you liked what you heard. We can be found at geekvilleradio.com. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. We're all over the place. We are on Google Podcasts, 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, just about anywhere you would find your podcast, just do a search for Geekville Radio. You will find us. You will find our family of shows, not just this show, but we got Examining the Doctor, where myself and Mark Short, he and I talk Doctor Who on that show, who you may see on the TV show Collector's Call from time to time. Crazy Train and I also do the Nostalgia Trip, and we also have the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. We talk about stuff from yesteryear. And then, of course, there's classic wrestling memories where Train and I also talk, as the name implies, classic wrestling. Social media is Geekville Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's really all we're at at this point. There's only so many social media things you can do at once. You can post on the social media. You can post on the Facebook. You can get in contact with us on Instagram. You can get in contact with us on Twitter or even the geekvilleradio.com site itself. You can respond to that as well. Or there's the good old-fashioned email show at Geekville Radio or Seth at Geekville Radio. If we have another show next week, we'll at least talk Secret Invasion. If not, we'll do a twofer again and we'll wrap up Secret Invasion the following week. And if any news breaks along the, the way, I'll do my best to get that up in a timely manner as well. Thank you folks for listening. We'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any products or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests do not reflect the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, the Wrestling Brethren podcast, family, or any of their affiliates. Some media used in Geekville Radio is the product of their respective copyright holders, all rights reserved. Time Lords and Ladies, Geek Girl Radio presents Examining the Doctor, a weekly look at everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not-so-favorite episodes of Doctor Who. From Hartnell to Capaldi, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike. Examining the Doctor, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at geekgoradio.com.